Everyone has a story to tell. Welcome to Dingo Talk, where we explore the experiences that make us who we are. Here's your host, Carlo Guadagnino. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is Dingo Talk. This week, we are jumping back into the Division Three coaches, uh, jumping over to the President's Athletic Conference. But before that, let me tell you where you can find us on the social medias and where you can listen to us or watch us. Uh, you can watch on YouTube. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor, if you have the, the app. Uh, and then on the social media side, it's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. And uh, all of those are the same except for Instagram, where you're going to go dingo underscore talk. Uh, this week, we are going to Grove City to talk to Coach Andrew DiDonato. Um, very interesting story that I'm I'm really excited to ask him some questions. One, he's a South Hills kid uh, from Bridgeville, went to South Fayette, then goes to Grove City. He's a two-sport athlete there. Uh, we're going to find out why he got into coaching, how he made a trip to Buffalo, and then the first of two coming back to his alma mater to coach, uh, going back to South Fayette, having a pretty good career as the offensive coordinator there, and then uh, moving on to his college alma mater at Grove City uh, to become the head coach there. Um, and this team, a lot of people will call them very simple. Uh, four straight P e a e C A C bowl appearances and four straight wins. So maybe simple would, is, uh, is better. The other big questions we're going to ask, again, we're going to talk about why Division Three, what makes the PAC different, what separates Grove City from the other colleges in the uh, conference, uh, amongst other things, and then stick around for the end for the editorial with Serenity Brown. But let's talk to Coach D. Donato. What's going on, Chuckleheads? Welcome back. I'm here with Coach Andrew D. Donato, head coach at Grove City College. Although, from what we said here in the first version of this recording, you guys could be heading to the university status soon with the master's programs that have come to Grove City. Welcome to Dingo Talk. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Absolutely. It's nice to have another South Hills guy. You know, you're, you're a Bridgeville guy. I grew up in Scott Township. You went to South Fayette. I, I spent a lot of years going to Chartier's Valley, ended up graduating from Plum. Um, pretty successful there as a quarterback at, uh, at South Fayette High School. Being recruited by Division One, one AA, Division One. I, I think it's now, what, sub-bowl. They don't even – I don't even think they give yeah. it the – so you have that. You have some Division Two schools. But Grove City stood out. Now, what what made you make the decision to go play for Coach Smith at Grove City? Yeah, it was really neat. I mean, I was blessed itself at the come in at the right time and, and play quarterback four years there. And, yeah, by the time I got to my senior year, um, I was looking at a couple 1AA schools, especially like Patriot League with some of the academic, you know, money coupled mm -hmm. with football. There were some pretty nice situations there. And uh, well, my older brother went to Grove City, so he's five years older than me and, uh, you know, really love the experience. Biggest thing for him to see in the people. I mean, my, my whole family you know, got to know Coach Smith and the whole coaching staff really well. And uh, so what I, I always said my senior year, I said, I don't get a Division One scholarship. I'm going to Grove City. Kind of said that all along and uh, it has a really great opportunities. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think with the family connections and then, you know, Faith was a big factor, academics, mm -hmm. football, kind of the whole package. Knowing, you know, all those boxes were already checked for my brother at, at that point. I knew what I was getting at Grove City. And, 
knew I would have a chance to compete as a freshman. So that was a big part of it too. I, I wanted to have it, that opportunity and you know, all those factors coupled together, kind of what led me to ultimately choosing Grove City College. Well, and it was a, it was a pretty successful four years for you as a, as a quarterback there. You, you, you held, you hold a couple records still, uh, if I'm not mistaken, yards or is it career records? I think the, the single game records got broken, but the career records are still there, right? Yeah, well, actually, our, our 2021 bowl game, our, our quarterback, Josh East, uh, in his last game, the bowl game, broke the career uh, career yardage mark. So I think I still have a couple, but uh, um, that's pretty neat, actually. You think about records. So Josh East, our, our quarterback, uh, over a four-year run here, 2018 through 2021, broke most mm-hmm. of those. And it was, pretty, it was pretty good, though, because uh, Cody Gustafson, our, our All-American receiver, who broke all of our receiving records, well, one of those was my older brother's touchdown receiving record. So when you get to call the plays to get your older brother wiped <laughs> out of the record books, but uh, fortunately we've had a lot of success here offensively the last couple of years. So I think most of the records here have been uh, rewritten over this time. And I'm sure that leads to a very interesting conversation come Thanksgiving. <laughs> hey, just so you know, there's a record there you had. Yeah, well, I made sure I let him know ahead of time. I, I figured it was about to go. So that night before, I got to send him a message and say, you got about 24 hours left in the record book. <laughs> but uh, uh, no, it's been a, a fun run. And, and yeah, I mean, I think going back to, to your question about coming to Grove City, it really came in at the right time there as well. You know, got to play as a freshman most of the time. When you play career marks, you came in at the right time and got to play a lot of snaps and but uh, it's pretty neat to, to see the group we've had here in the last couple of years rewrite all those records, that's for sure. Now, why business management? You know, I, I, um, my father's a minister, my brother's a minister, and I, I thought that, and uh, I actually went to hear Bobby Bowden speak. Um, I got to hear him speak. There's a fellowship of Christian athletes. He was heavily involved in that, and um, he actually just talked about coaching his ministry, and, and that had a profound impact on me, just the role of a coach, and you know, I got to hear Billy Graham, famous evangelist, say a coach will impact more young people in one season than most people will in a lifetime. And I just heard that. I mean, I thought in my own life how important coaches were for me. I said, you know, I'm going to I'm going to go the coaching route and you don't really major in coaching. So I figured I'd go business. And it was pretty neat, though. But going business here, I, I knew I wanted to be involved in athletics. I got to do a marketing internship with the Steelers after my sophomore year, work game day for three years. You got to be on the on the field there when Paul Amalu had that pick versus the Ravens to seal it. And uh, so really went business knowing the flexibility to, uh, you know, to coach. And, and when I coached mm-hmm. high school ball for three years, I actually did medical sales. And, and I knew people who had done that. I knew I didn't think teaching was for me. I but I knew I could get a business degree and still, if I ended up coaching high school, still make that work. So mm-hmm. you know, all those factors kind of what led to, you know, I'm going to major in business, but knowing all along that uh, I wanted to coach. So when you leave Grove City, you get that chance pretty, pretty quick, right? You end up going up to Buffalo for, for a year. Yeah. Yep. How did that come about? Yeah. So our offensive coordinator here at the time, he, um, he had run camps with uh, a gentleman who had just been hired as the offensive coordinator at the University of Buffalo. Because when I was graduating, that was just when Jeff Quinn got hired at the University of Buffalo. And, and Jeff Quinn had been with Brian Kelly for 22 years. And you know they were at Cincinnati together when they had that number three team in the nation with Tony Pike and, and oh, yeah. just that Marty Gilliard. I mean, they just had such a special team there. 
uh, actually Kelsey, I mean, that whole crew. And uh, so when, when Brian Kelly took the Notre Dame job, Jeff Quinn took, you know, the UB job. And, and because of a connection with my coordinator and the coordinator who had just got hired, uh, he, he, he told him, you know, Hey, I, my quarterback here wants to go into coaching. You should get him up there as a GA. And it just so happened they were coming through recruiting at that time. And I actually met the offensive coordinator and, and another coach in the student union here at Grove city to kind of do a face-to-face -face there. And, you know, fortunately uh, it all worked out and got to have my coaching career start at, at a university of Buffalo and, and to learn from that staff. I mean, how successful, I mean, all of Brian Kelly's system, mm -hmm. you know, Jeff Quinn, I, I believe, you know, the best I've ever heard talk about offensive line play and, and just that, that whole entire staff to get that opportunity right out of school. Uh, just very fortunate again, to, to be in the right place. And unfortunately our offensive coordinator had the right connection there. Well, but there is a saying about the, the Whippeal guys, you know, you, you can leave the Whippeal, <laughs> but for some reason there's a large handful of them specifically from right around that, oh, the, the graduating class of 05 to about the class of 12 now, I guess we can say, have yeah. really come back into coaching in the Whippeal. You, similar to those guys, made your way back down to Western Pennsylvania to coach at Peters Township for a year. Um, and what was that experience like? Because that's a different style of football than you were accustomed to at South Fayette. Yeah. Yeah. It was really neat how that came about. I mean, I, I, uh, my wife went to Grove city, she was working in downtown Pittsburgh and I was up in Buffalo and you had some opportunities to get back involved with the Steelers at the time. And then you're know, just with the marketing and uh, then the coach high school. So, so I moved back, we had got engaged and uh, yeah, Rich Piccinini at Peters township gave me an opportunity. It was really neat. Uh, Jason Gilden coached our linebackers, obviously Steelers sack leader legend. And, and I just share that. I, just a great group of men to get to work with there. And, and it was pretty neat because at the time, you know, Whippeal, the four classifications, and I know a lot of people want to want to see them go back to that. And, but uh, to get the coach quad a, I mean, South Fayette at that time, you know, we were a two A school and just wanting to, to coach, get back in the South Hills of Pittsburgh and, and move mm -hmm. back into the area and then to coach at the quad a level and, and knowing I'd be around, you know, great men, yeah, that's what led me to, to head back to Peters. And, and I really cherished my year, you know, there at Peters. And ironically, the quarterback I coached at Peters, his younger brothers now are starting quarterback here at Grove City. And Full his circle younger moment. Brother, yeah, he was our, our ball boy. He was only whatever it was, seven years old at the time. And uh, pretty ironic, he's now our starting quarterback. So very, very appreciative of that year at Peters because it's helping our team now at Grove City. Um. So you're, you're back in the Whippeal and Coach Rossi comes up or approaches you about coming over to be the offensive coordinator and, and not just an offensive coordinator, because when you, when you break down a two year stretch, you guys went 32 and 0. Brett Brumbaugh was one of, one of the best high school quarterbacks we had all seen um, up until, you know, honestly, he played a different style of football that I don't think people really under, he was a, he was just a bowling ball, but could throw, he had a cannon. You know, yeah. he could run, but he wasn't – I wouldn't say fast. He was just very – he was not afraid to lower his shoulder if he needed to. <laughs> um, probably not to the – not to the excitement of the offensive coordinator. <laughs> but so how does the – how do the three years – or the two years at South Fayette, how did the two years go um, and what led to the success? Yeah, you know, first of all, Joe Rossi, uh, I think, is as good as they come in this profession. Fortunately, he's – 
he's one of my closest friends in this profession. We talk weekly during the season still. And, you know, we, we had talked ball even when I had, you know, took that opportunity at Peter's and he would always you know, tell me, I got to get you over here. And, and really everything fell into place. I mean, to get to go back to your alma mater and, and, and coach was an opportunity that, that I wanted to do. And, you know, fortunately, again, you talk about right place. I mean, that 2013 was my first year coordinating at South Fayette. And you know, we just had a special team, Justin Watson, who will be playing on Sunday. I mean, he's a wide receiver for the Chiefs. And, and obviously, Brumbaugh and, and that name mm-hmm. is well known in the Pittsburgh area. And just had so many great players. And, and at the time, you know, Joe Rossi, the defensive coordinator who had been there, had left to take a, another head coaching job in the Whippeal. So Joe knew that he wanted to go over to the defense and, and fortunately was, was comfortable to hand over uh, the keys. Very, very good situation to be handed. That's for sure. And you know, fortunately he felt comfortable at that time to hand things over to myself. And, um, you know, and that's South Fayette teams we had 2013, 2014, just so special specifically, as you said, throwing the football. And you know, it's funny you mentioned about Brett Brumbaugh because on our staff now, our special teams coordinator is Bill Breston. He was the head coach at Hickory for a number of years. Well, that's the team we played twice in the state semifinals to go to Hershey. And it's funny for Christmas, he and his wife got me a picture frame. There was actually a play. They dropped all 11 guys into coverage because they didn't want Brumbaugh throwing them anymore. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it in the history of my coaching. Um, but we were just talking about that, Bill and I, and he had given me that picture. But uh, no, just 32-0, and 0, two state titles. South Fayette, we had never won a state title you know, prior to that 2013 season. So to get to go back to your high school alma mater, be a part of, of doing something that had never been done before in school history, just uh, pretty special to get to be a part of. Forever grateful for Joe Rossi and, and everything that he taught me, which prepared me for, you know, step into a head coaching role myself. Well, and, and you know, you talk about going to your, your high school alma mater, which a lot of coaches probably, like, if that if you get a head coaching job or even a coordinator job at your at your high school, Wow, that, that it'd be awesome to go back and, and be a part of the, your alma mater. You not only get to do that at the high school level, but then you get the call to come up to join Coach Smith's class, uh, coaching staff in 15. Now, why was that the right time, did you feel, to move to the college game and or back to the college game, I guess, because your coaching career started in college? And why... Grove City. Why was that the, I mean, obviously with the connections there, it must've been a kind of a, yeah, I like it up there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd say, you know, getting that University of Buffalo experience was pretty amazing and special. And I remember talking to my wife and saying, you know, I loved it. I mean, I'll never trade that year for anything, learn so much, but I told her, you know, my heart is in small college football. I mean, that's what I grew up watching my brother play. That's what I got to play. And I think for everybody, it's finding, you know, where do I, I feel most comfortable? Even when I was at the high school level, which I cherish that. Something about small college football that I've just always loved, I, I feel. And so I knew I wanted to get back into small college football. And uh, I had talked to some other PAC teams back when I was coaching high school as different opportunities, coaching, assistant-wise. And, and it just so happened, Coach Smith, you know, he had been here 32 years as head football coach. And, and he announced that, yeah, he was going to go one more and and hang it up and ready to retire. And and you know, the, the new president had come in and, and with his support, Coach Smith's support, they felt when Coach Smith is officially done that you know, I was the right guy to 
take over and follow a, a legend who had been here, you know, so many years. So yeah, that's what brought me back to Grove City. First of all, knowing, you know, I, I always wanted to come back here. To be honest, mm -hmm. this was my dream job. And you didn't expect that that early, that opportunity. But uh, with Coach Smith retiring, you know, them wanting a younger coach to, to turn things over to, because we've only had four head coaches since 1956. So, you know, pretty special there. So trying to use the Steelers model, three since 69, we've had four <laughs> since 56. And, um, you know, fortunately, with, with how everything aligned, it was ready for me to come and be the head coach and waiting for one year and then take over as head coach. And you implement this the the brick by brick mentality which yeah. i can tell you there was a group of us in 16 when when we graduated from bethany and we saw we started seeing the the presence on social media and the be a part of the foundation and the brick by brick it was it it, it caught our attention it was something because you know everybody that was involved in the pac you kind of just keep an eye on everybody's social medias as you as they come across your feed um why why brick by brick? What was so important about letting each of those guys know that they were the foundation pieces to what has now been um, the last four years, four straight ECAC, not only appearances, but victories? Yeah. Well, I was really back 10 years ago to my time at South Fayette, you know, got to hear from a guy who had done work with the Packers and Crimson Tide. And essentially, he talked about vision process love. And, and this guy, just powerful, he talked to us before a state championship game at South Bay Ed and the motivational speaker that's been all over, but just talked about the importance of having a vision, you know, embracing a process towards it, and then what love looks like in the context of an organization or team. And, and it was amazing. It's, it's almost like when you buy a new car, you see it everywhere. And I'm reading Walt Disney's biography, and I'm seeing those three words everywhere through it. Sam Walton, how he put up Walmart, vision, process, love, David in the Bible, Moses in the Bible. So I always, I was always told, you know, prepare to be a leader. So when a leadership opportunity comes, you're ready to take it. So I knew if I ever got to be a head coach, we're going to center everything around those three principles. And coming back to Grove City, this whole campus is brick. I mean, you can't get away from it. The athletic buildings, the, the dorm rooms, the academic building, I mean, mm -hmm. everything. So we tell our guys, when we say brick by brick, it's just a reminder that every building started with a blueprint, meaning someone had to have a vision for what that building would look like. You know, they can't be built one overnight. They're built one brick at a time. It's a process to, do, to have this blueprint come to fruition. And mm -hmm. mortar holds it together, which represents love. So really, brick by brick, us is just that picture that, look, in everything, what's the vision for what we're trying to do here? What's the process to get there? And what is everybody's role in love? And if we can answer those three questions, you know, we feel we, so we have vision process love for our offense, for our defense, for our special team, for our strength philosophy, for our academic game plan. So brick by brick really is just a, a catchy little way to talk about vision process love. And, and that's why it's been so instrumental to us since 2016. And what has led to, first off, what are you looking for? If you're talking to a parent right now, as we sit today, what are you looking for in a player um, and a student athlete? Yeah, you know, we, we have a very clear vision. It's to glorify God in the pursuit of earning a degree, building lasting relationships and competing for PAC championships. So, you know, in that vision, there's spiritual reasons people come here, social reasons, mental, meaning academic rate major or, or physical, the football. and 
So really all we're looking for, you know, is we need, we need one of those things for, for the young man. You know, I think there's so many great schools out there, so many options and, you know, sitting with a man to young man today, and he's looking for a great four-year engineering degree and a chance to play football. And we have four-year engineering football. Hey, when I look at our vision, you know, it aligns with one of some of the things that you're looking for. That's really all it is. And, and Hey, there, there's sometimes where maybe we don't have the right major, or maybe, mm-hmm. you know, something doesn't work out, but you know, really, I just look at that vision and with every family I sit with is, you know, hey, if, if that's something you're looking for, one of those areas and Grove City's a good match, then uh, then we'll start talking what brick by brick would look like for that area. Now, um, similar question, but more focused on Grove City. Why Grove City? What can Grove City provide for a student and what comforts can a parent know that they're when their student is at Grove City? that they're going to, they're going to have or be protected and taken care of. Yeah. You know, that's where, you know, I look at it and I always shared about my wedding day, how you know, there were five guys in my wedding that played football here at Grove city. And, and also there, I mean, I think about there were professors. I mean, I, I wouldn't be the head coach here if it wasn't for a couple professors I know who put in an amazing <laughs> word for me. Um, yeah, I, I know my wife, same thing in accounting, the professors there were so instrumental in her getting her first mm-hmm. job and, and things of that nature. I already shared with you the University of Buffalo, the role of a coach. Um, so relationships, that social area of coach, player, professor. Uh, you know, I went to a wedding this summer and the guy had six guys in his wedding he played with. I'm at the reception. There were four of us coaches there and three professors at the reception together. So when I look at you know, the social brick of relationship with coach, player, professor, you know, our career services office is ranked top 10 in the country academically. Uh, Football, you know, obviously four straight bull wins, you know, four straight eight or more win seasons and, and all, all in a place where faith's going to be at the center of it. You know, I think for that four areas of spiritual, social, mental, physical, it, uh, it's the right fit for, you know, a lot of the young men we've been blessed to coach here the last seven years. Um. Area? Do you do you go come down into the Whitfield? Do you do, is there a specific area that you like to recruit, or is it is it kind of scattered? Yeah, it is scattered. I mean, we've been you know we had a all conference safety from Florida. You know, our best guard the last our tackle the last couple of years from Georgia. So we have had all over. But in 2016, in our vision, when we talk about the PAC Presidents Athletic Conference. We, when we got here and we had come off a couple winless seasons and we started looking at how do we compete with some of these teams at the top. And before we could do it on the field, it had to be off the field. Mm-hmm. And one area we identified was we were not competing as well as we needed to in Pennsylvania. And we felt we got to compete in PA first. You know, at the time we, were, we had way less guys from PA than some of the teams we felt we wanted to compete with. You know, but you talk about 2019 when we went nine and two, we had jumped to have the most guys in PA from on our roster than, than those teams we were comparing ourselves to. So we do recruit nationally, but I, I was told back when I took the job, you got to win your backyard first. And, and that's why Pennsylvania has been so instrumental in our turnaround here. And then last last question before we get into some some fun questions. I got a couple of Whippeal questions for you because you threw some things at me that they struck a they struck a thing up here. Um, why Division Three? What do people need to know about Division Three that maybe doesn't because it doesn't get the publicity that D one and D two get because there's not scholarships. 
but D3 is very instrumental in a lot of high school athletes wanting to continue their careers and still get a very good degree. Yeah. Yeah, I would just say, number one, I think most people don't realize how good Division Three athletics and Division Three football is. I mean, if you come to some of the games we've had the last couple of years, I mean, it's been the battles. I mean, there's been we, our best player, the rookie of the year, defensive player, Fab 22 guy, people who are familiar with the Whippeal, you're talking about the best 22 players and, you know, guys of that nature. You know, we're going against a team that has, you know, Division one, one double A transfers and, and the battles and anyone who's seen us play. I mean, our receiver, Cody Gustafson, you know, I had higher levels come and watch us. They were just trolling over this receiver running routes. So I would say number one. Um, and I'll say this, too. When I came back into the conference back in 2015, 2016, I couldn't believe in just however many years, six, seven years since I graduated, how much higher the competitiveness of this conference got. I mean, it was unbelievable. Mm. So number one, how competitive it is. And secondly, these guys are doing it without getting full athletic scholarship. So there is no drop off in the commitment level. I mean, what our guys do in the off season, they're in the weight room early morning, no different than, you know, the guys who are on full rides at, at bigger schools. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. They're doing, they're doing it all without that athletic scholarship in some cases. So, I think all levels of football are special. And I just think, you know, for our guys, like, like we said, to get this thing turned around from where we are to where we are now, there is such a level of commitment 12 months mm -hmm. out of the year. These guys just love the game. And, and I'm sure all guys do at all level, but why I love small college football is um, the competitiveness, how much it takes to be good at this level, no different than it does at higher levels. And uh, you're really doing it without any athletic incentive from a financial standpoint, from a scholarship standpoint. And to me, uh, I just think that's pretty special. That's why I love work and getting to work with the guys we get to work with here and, and at Division Three as a whole. Well, it's interesting you bring that up, uh, the, the not being – the players not receiving a, a athletic scholarships. I, I sp I've spoken to a bunch – a uh, host of the OAC coaches, um, and they all kind of – I asked them that same question, and they, they had – the for Mike Tom the Mike Tomlinism, uh, volunteers not hostages, and sometimes yeah. there are they yeah. some of these guys that coach they saw Division One players that had they knew that they were done they had kind of lost the love for the game but they didn't want to lose they were fearful of losing the scholarship yeah. so they stayed um, so that's one of those things I think hits the nail on the head when you're talking about Division yeah. Three is these guys yeah. wake up at. 6 a.m. for workouts, just like the Division yep. One, Division Two schools. They're on the field at three o'clock. They're off the field at six o'clock. I mean, it's it's still a it's still football. You can't you yeah. can only change the game so much. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, that's a great way to put it. So into our these are our curveball questions. I'm going to put it's a rapid fire. There's four of them. Uh, if live anywhere, where would it be and why? Ah. Uh. Yeah, I'm not just, I love Western Pennsylvania. I mean, I really do. And it's because of family. My family's an hour in the South Hills of Pittsburgh and my family, my wife grew up in Butler. So we're only 20 minutes from her folks. They, we see them, you know, as well. And with family, the so Western PA because of family. What's the most important lesson you've learned through your career so far? Uh, focus on your vision, not your circumstance. That's the number one phrase I say every day, especially when you come into a, a situation, circumstance. I don't want a game in a while, 
but uh, in every area, get a vision. Circumstances will be thrown at you in life, but number one lesson is focus on your vision, not your circumstance. If you weren't coaching, what would you be doing? I, I'd be in full-time ministry. I mean, I, I love, uh, you know, just getting to, to help people talk about joy and peace and freedom. So just like my dad and brother, I'd go into full-time ministry. The last one is a two-parter. Part is the best compliment you've ever received. Um, um, another coach actually, when we beat them in the turnaround, said, uh, "You know, your team eats adversity for lunch." He said, um, and when he said it like that, your team eats adversity for lunch. Um, and from a coach I highly respect, me that said, "Focus on your vision, not your circumstance." That we were actually living that out. So I think since I've been here in my seven years, uh, another coach telling me that meant a lot. And the other part to that question, what's an insult proud of? Um, that uh, an insult. I would write the play call, and we don't. Uh, we're pretty simple in what we do. So as I've been told, uh, you know, you guys only run a few plays, huh? I mean, in, in mockery type way, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I've gotten a lot of insults, so uh, I'm sure we all have. But first thing that popped in my mind just. Uh, um, you know, any, I think we always say discipline equals freedom. So if we can get really good at what we do. So we get, we get, um, and, you know, I, I think just pretty much come back, coming back to that simplicity, um, that insult, but, uh, we kind of feed off that and take pride in how simple we are. Four straight ECAC bowl appearances <laughs> and victories, I think says maybe we should all start looking at being simple. <laughs> uh, that's our philosophy. That's for sure. Um, question the last couple of things I we're just since it's it, two whippy old guys I just want to throw some things at you you pointed out yeah. that obviously people want there's a there's a cry in western Pennsylvania for for to drop back down to the four classifications as opposed to the six I'm not in that boat I think that it's it is great that you got some of the bigger schools North Allegheny Central Seneca playing against similar pools I guess you will say. Yeah. What I don't like is that as the Whitfield, as there's a team that I believe is a double A school, um, they continue to win. And for some reason, we move them up classifications thinking they're not going to win and they continue yeah. to win. <laughs> At what point? It's a little bit of a loaded question. At what point do we have to think about the safety of those players? Uh, when you're moving them up such an extreme amount in classifications, or does that not really matter when I feel like there has to be, because the numbers are just so different between what a team in five, a quad, a or three, a has on a two, a school. I, I just, yeah. 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 I, I think you bring up a lot of great points there. You know, first about going from four to six, I'll make a point of that and come back to, to the safety, which I think is such a great point. I mean, I, Probably because going to South Fayette coaching there, I see everything through the lens of South Fayette there. And I just remember in the four, just the great rivalries we had. And I think at first, when when all that got changed, South Fayette was driving to schools that we had never even played before. It mm. was really good to see them get back in a conference with teams from the South Hills. I do think a big thing of high school football that makes it special is those local rivalries, traditions. You know, my brother was at South Fayette. You know, South Bay was single A, but Four Cherries right over the hill. I mean, that was such a rivalry. And then for yeah. us, Seat LaSalle, South Park, to see all those guys, you know, on a Saturday out and and then getting to play them on Friday, there's something special about high school sports. Mm -hmm. So I think that if that can happen, it's great. 
but to your point, I mean, in football as a whole, safety has been brought up quite a bit. And, and in your point, you know, with high school football and the classifications, you know, I think it's a positive thing in all areas um, to really let that be, make that a factor. I mean, I, I think for sure that, uh, you know, in anything, if there's an opportunity for us to make it, you know, safer for any guys, let, let's do it and, and let's let's find a way. We got to coach something different, and and we're yeah. all for coaching it different. And and same thing, I think when guys are dividing up schedules and you know taking all the factors, trying to keep some rivalries, but also, you know, looking at competitiveness. I mean, I I'm in full support of, of all those conversations that have happened, and and I know, you know whether it's the classifications or teams moving up, if you know, if, if they're looking at safety and, and those who are looking at those things way more than I am, you know, if are truly, you know, I trust that doing what's best uh, for the safe, you know, for safety and, and making the best high school experience for kids. So, so I, I really welcome all those discussions. I think it's a positive thing. What's the biggest change that you've noticed from when you were playing to now? Like, is there something that you remember as a player that you were like, Wow, I can because there's a couple of drills in my head right now that I can just wow they we would not be allowed to do those now. They're just they're just gone. Whereas now there's there is an emphasis on safety. So what's the biggest change that you've seen? Yeah, and I think the number one is the uh, amount of time actually spent on the field, and that's practice time. I mean, I think about I mean high school, it was all three a days for myself. I'm sure you went through the same thing and you know, college, it was more two-a-days at that point, you know, when I got into playing here at Grove City. But, I mean, we were on the field uh, way more than we were in the meeting room. So the biggest yeah. thing that changed is that is flipped. And, uh, you know, now we're, we're on the field a few hours, and we're still going all day in camp. But, you know, most of that time is actually in the weight room or, or I'm sorry, in home room, weight room, in the uh, walkthrough sessions. So the biggest change is less time on the field. But I'd say the benefit to that, trying, we always look for the positives in it, is mm-hmm. I just feel the ability for your guys to have such a clear understanding of what you're trying to do. I mean, just the amount of things we're able – I mean, we keep it simple from how many things we run, but, I mean, our guys know every detail, every check we need. I mean, there's one concept, and 12, 15 different things could happen for our guys and what they end up doing in one concept. I just think the amount of time for them to truly grasp why you do what you do. Um, so I, I think that's the biggest difference. Less time on the field, but the positive side to that is you know, I think our guys really get to spend a lot more time understanding the game, which which has been a fun thing to get to do with them in the classroom. And then the last question I, I've asked everybody in this season three uh, was there a question you were expecting to get that I did not ask? And if so, how would you have answered it? Oh, that's, that's a good question. See, I think that's a great one. Um, you know, I, I just think, um, you know, maybe just about in you know, the last couple of years that, that we've had, I mean, you, you talked about it, you definitely brought that up. And, um, you know, I, I just think, um, you know, just a bull win and maybe what that meant for our program and, and, and 2018 was the first postseason win in school history, you know, 125 years. And um, to get to be a part of that, and probably what I thought you'd ask is, what did it feel like to end that losing streak? So we had a 33-game losing streak. We ended in 2017. I usually get that uh, quite a bit, too. Um, and that night, I mean, to end that 33-game losing streak in 2017, all the students to rush the field. I'll say this, and I think this is a good maybe lesson for everyone in sports. When we ended that losing streak, I had never been a part of, you know, people use that word community. 
Mm-hmm. I had never had a better experience of that in my life. Because when you're going to end a streak, it didn't care. I mean, I have a picture where a guy who played every snap on his side of the ball and a guy who didn't play one both had the same expression. Every parent didn't matter if you're everybody in that stadium, you know, administrator, coach, parent, player, they cared about one thing, Grove City College getting a W. And I remind my guys of that every year in camp. I never let them forget that. We always say each of us needs all of us. And mm-hmm. it's just something special sports gives you. And I think that moment was the picture when you end that losing streak where no no one cares about anything else except one thing, and that's going out and winning a football game. So actually, at the end of every win we have, I always have three three parting words for our team. And the first one is always congratulations on winning a college football game. And we talk about that team that ended the losing streak. So to answer your question, I, I think one question I probably would have expected, maybe could have expected was you know, how did it feel to end that streak and how I would answer it is, you know, community when everybody's just cares about winning a game. It's pretty special that environment you could have. And that's something we try to recreate and make sure our guys never forget. Well, coach, thank you for taking time to sit down with us. I'm going to have to get up to a Grove City game. I got a couple, like I said (laughs) earlier, I got a couple OAC games that I have to, I have to make my way out to different conference. I've never seen, I I, played Mount Union a couple times with Bethany. So I I got to see Mount Union, but I'd like to see some of the other teams, but I will try to make my way up to a Grove City game. Best of luck this season. um, And best of luck as you continue this coaching career of yours. I appreciate that. You come up, let me know. We'd love to see you. And, And honestly, thank you for, for what you're doing for Division Three football, as you alluded to, it just it is special D three football, and for you to take the time and give us coaches an opportunity to talk about it, it is greatly appreciated. So thank you for the work you're doing as well. I appreciate that, and for you guys, yeah. you can if you want to stay around. The editorial with Serenity Brown, where she tells me all the things that I messed up. Which your your last comment, I'm sure she'll have loads to say about <laughs> because that's what she looks for, and that's why we have that segment. Um, if you've made it this far and you'd like to stay up up to date with us, you can follow us on the social medias. That's Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. And there is a big announcement. We have finally won the, the Instagram war. Uh, I was having, there was somebody else that had Dingo Talk. They had Dingo oh. Talk, so I had to go Dingo underscore talk. We're staying as Dingo underscore talk, but Dingo Talk is no longer. So I will uh, not reference it anymore because it's it's done. So, uh, Coach, thank you very much. I think you got a basketball awesome. game to get to. Yeah, uh, I'll get to catch the end of it. And we'll catch <laughs> you next week, Chuckleheads. What's going on, Chuckleheads? And welcome to the editorial of Serenity Brown. I am Carlo Guadalino. That's Serenity Brown. Uh, we just watched Grove City's head football coach, Andrew DiDonato. Um, we got we got this week. Um. <laughs> pretty good episode the biggest thing I do want to just say it's probably going to be a, a short little segment here because now I'm just going to point out is uh, don't have your computer to the side of you oh you noticed that did you yeah I did notice that no, uh, we're trying something new we're trying something I new I didn't like it okay, well. <laughs> I didn't like it <laughs> all right um did you feel did you learn something about I mean that's a school it's also in our conference. We saw a lot of things at Bethany, diff- good, bad, or indifferent from the football side. Did you learn anything different about this first school that we're going? We went down down the line. Do you have any interest in going to Grove City to watch a football game? I will go. There's to outlets. The... <laughs> There's outlets. I'll go to wherever 
right. you want to go visit. Um, um, and I do also want to say, because I noticed at the ending, um, you had a lot to, to say about me. And what? I don't know why you think I'm just here to point out the bad things. Well, you haven't yet. That you do. <laughs> exactly. Except for notes. <laughs> Get your facts straight. The only two things. This is the yeah, but you're supposed to be like this is a critique. You're supposed to critique this. Yeah, and that's why I told you don't have your computer to the side of you. Oh, all right. Well, that's a but, good critique. I, I honestly, I saw it. I did. Yeah. Uh, I did a couple edits myself, just kind of toying around with some things, and I, I noticed it. You didn't look. You didn't. Did you not. Just, in the whole time. Um, the cool thing about this episode is, and I. I I, we're going to see it a couple times in this season, uh, going to both of his alma maters, both at high, both at the high school level, and then getting the opportunity not to be the head coach at the high school level, but then to get the head coaching job at Grove City. And uh, I really like the brick by brick mentality. Yeah. Um, also, the biggest insult one. That was a big one. That was a, that the, was a good answer. Calling us simple. And yeah. it's like, well, they've gone to four straight bowl games and won them. So Obviously, what they're doing is working. Um, is there anything that you found in his answers, you know, if there's anywhere you could live? Because those were your uh, those were your choosing. This was the first episode that we used your questions. Yeah. You I also... <laughs> <laughs> right there, right? Bang, 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 bang. Today, watch the episode so yeah. I, I know what the questions are. Uh, no, I, I think he gave very good answers to the questions. Most people you ask the question are not like, what? But it seems like he didn't even. Good back. Really it was a good back and forth. Yeah. I really had. A, I enjoyed the conversation. I appreciate him at the end there, you know, uh, thanking me for. Uh, what I do, all I do is sit in front of a camera and talk to people, though. Let's just, let's just call it what yeah, it is. Yeah, but uh, like, like you said, you're giving D3 a platform. You're D3 a needs platform. more of a platform. There yeah, are exactly. a lot of other good programs out there that do yeah. that do things for D3 football, but I just feel, and I felt that. We, we, we've muddled through some of these, uh, some just going all over the place, and I like that this season, so far, we have stayed uh, to a... On theme. To the most part. I mean, we're going to have more, uh, I'm hoping to have more media guys as we get through um, as a nice breakup. But that being said, do you have anything else? No. All right. Well, you guys, if you made it this far, you're watching us on YouTube or listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your podcast. If you want to stay uh, up to date with everything that's going on with Dingo Talk, you can follow us on all of the social media platforms. That's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. All of those are the same, except for the Instagram, which is dingo underscore talk. Um, and that's that. We'll catch you next week with a, we're going to be staying in the PAC. So we will catch you next week for, I don't know who we're going with yet. I haven't decided. So we'll see you next week, Chuckleheads. Thanks for checking out this episode of Dingo Talk. Don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe. For more info and to contact the show, you can find us on Twitter at Dingo Talk.